0: What's up, everybody? It's Miles Gorham, the host of Climb in the Pocket Fantasy. Welcome back to episode two. Uh, really, We're really excited to, to get things going. Um, I'm, I'm with my co-host, my guy, Flip. Uh, what, what's going on, Flip?
1: Not too much. Just trying to enjoy this Tuesday night. We've got hard knocks on later tonight, so it's going to be a good football night for us.
0: Yeah, that that hard knock show is really good, too. I really enjoy it. Like, we talked about on our, on our other Climb in the Pocket uh, podcast you know with jason yankin uh jr about uh about the voyage for the vikings and to me like how they they want to be kind of like the hard knocks or they want to be the all or nothing and um but i I love the in-depth um conversations and and the stuff behind the scenes that that teams are giving fans nowadays i I think it's great
1: right yeah have they only done one episode of the voyage uh there's two now there's two all right i gotta get back on vikings.com and check that out yeah, definitely. Yeah, well,
0: so looking into our, our officially our second episode, uh, we're going to be talking rookie values in a dynasty format. Um, so I know you you've you've really banged the table for this this topic flip, and I'm I'm excited to talk about it because I've I've had two rookie drafts now in fantasy, and I, I really want to kind of gauge your thoughts on on where you think this class looks, what the, what you think this class looks like, and where you think it's going. Um, and where you, where you value guys in drafts, because I know I was kind of all over the board with, uh, with where I wanted to go. Cause it really depends on your format, but, um, I just wanted to bend your ear a little bit on, uh, where you're valuing, uh, how are you valuing and, and evaluating this year's rookie class, but
1: you, you're in two rookie drafts already. Yeah. I've had, I've had two rookie drafts. Yeah. How many, uh, how many leagues are you in total? Uh, four. <laughs> so you basically have a shares of every player
0: for the most team. part i mean I, i've tried to be as consistent as i can um, i mean it's obviously hard and you're going to take the best value and you can get it so you, it's really hard to have similar teams across the board and that makes it kind of less fun when you do it that way too but i mean there are guys obviously I, i'm pounding the table for that i'm trying to get in any league that i'm in then there's guys that i'm trying to avoid then there's times where i just i can it doesn't really matter um, if I'm trying to avoid him or not, like if they, if the value is right, I'm not going to pass up on a guy.
1: Well, I'm sure we're about to talk about some of your favorites here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, I, I like dynasty to be honest. I don't play dynasty. It's not my bag of tea, but I like talking about it because it's a great way to just talk about the rookie draft class. Even if you're in a redraft league or a standard league where you're not only drafting rookies, it helps. It helps these rookies can be a blind spot for a lot of people who have been playing fantasy for a while. It helps to get a look at the new rookie class by just looking at dynasty values.
0: That's a really good point. I mean, even if you're not playing dynasty, it's uh, there's value in it. So that's, that's a really good point. I like that. So walk us through a little bit of your process since you're not in, currently not in any dynasty leagues.
1: Yeah. So I'm looking really at the top of the rookie class. I'm looking for, you know, big time home runs that can you, you can hit with some of these rookies. They typically like a Saquon Barkley last year, <laughs> like a Saquon last year. I mean, Saquon was actually pretty well hyped, so he yeah. went he went for some cash in my auction draft last year. But still, like nobody thought he was going to have that type of season. So, if you really believe in one of these rookies, it's a great way to you know get get a good guy at a discount. Bypass some of those other guys. Um, it's a very interesting rookie class because there's a ton of wide receivers, but there's only a few really viable running backs. And, you know, looking at just the running back position in general right now, a lot of those running backs just add to all those mid tier guys. Whereas the receivers, hopefully, you can find one or two guys that's going to factor it early to their offenses since there's just so many of them that were drafted this year.
0: Yeah, so looking into it, so in a couple of my redraft leagues, there isn't really that that home run hitter this year, that guy that you're like, I'm, I'm pounding on the table for him. I need to have that guy in. Even even a redraft league, like there aren't really many of those guys that people are like, I have to have this rookie on my team because they're going to help me um, win a championship. Like, like to your point, there are some good rookie uh, running backs this year, but obviously there isn't that that high class level that we've seen over the last few years with you know Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, um, some of those other guys. Obviously Ezekiel Elliott before that, um, there aren't some of those as high profile guys. But um, why don't you talk us through some of the the current running backs because the current rookie running backs because in in some of my redraft leagues, like like I said, there are a few guys that you can get at a discount that I believe should be able to help your team, whether that's just, just by have, being really good depth or having really good upside that they might even propel um, themselves into RB, like RB1, like RB RB2 status. rb one's a little high for me for a lot of these guys, but at least RB2 I think is very viable for uh, a couple of these rookies. So why don't you take us through them?
1: Yeah, I mean, RB1 is definitely high, but the guy that everybody's talking about is – the number one overall running back is Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. Um I mean, we'll see just how he factors into that offense, but he's their new feature back. I think who who else have they got there? They still have Jalen Richard there as kind of their change of pace back. They got a retread Doug Martin, who <laughs> didn't see any time behind Marshawn Lynch last year. So this guy, you can basically project him to take all of Marshawn's touches to get over 200 carries uh, to be their goal line back. And so he's across the board the number one guy. The question with him is, you know, that Oakland offense, not a lot of people have belief in that that scheme, that quarterback, even that team. So are they going to be competitive enough to get the running back volume you're looking for, from an RB one or from RB two, and what happens, you know, late in games if they're down by by two scores, is Jacobs still going to be their horse?
0: Yeah, and I I think Josh Jacobs is the guy who actually in one of my Dynasty rookie drafts I took him with the second overall pick because it was a it was a two two quarterback league. So Kyler Murray obviously went with the first overall pick. So I was really happy to be able to get Josh Jacobs with the second. My only question is. How is he going to factor into the pass game? Are they going to make him, uh, especially with a guy like Jalen Rashard sitting behind him, who's who that's, that's kind of his specialty is to be that third down back, that change of pace, uh, catch the ball of the backfield um, type of player. So I'm really curious to see how that factors in. But um, yeah, he's a really good player. And I believe that he could make an instant impact as a rookie. Uh, moving on, um, David Montgomery. And we'll talk about David Montgomery and Miles Sanders real quick because those are the, really the top three guys, and then after that, it kind of really drops off um, significantly, in my opinion, in terms of the running back class, rookie class. Um, David Montgomery with the uh, Chicago Bears, he was a third-round pick from Iowa State. Really good player. Um, he's a really well-balanced player, kind of in that mold of like a Kareem Hunt. He's got really good balance and vision. Um, he's not overly fast, but he's uh, but he's the type of guy that can do, do a little bit of everything. Uh, he's that uh prototypical um 2019 you know um new age uh running back and he fits the mold of that and sh- what chicago's looking for they tried to make jordan howard that guy last year he really couldn't do it that's why they traded him trade him away and it really looks like david montgomery is going to be that guy in chicago this year even with
1: uh Tariq cohen and mike davis uh, helping split carries yeah so i mean i know montgomery is obviously high on the dynasty rankings for a, a full league or a redraft league, who do you like more? Do you like David Montgomery or Tariq Cohen in a PPR league?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm probably going to have to say David Montgomery just because I believe he's going to get the most touches. Um, but I mean, I, I, I think both guys are very viable to own. I love Tariq Cohen. I think he's one of the best playmaking uh, running backs in the league and one of the best playmakers across the board in general. I mean, he could do a little bit of everything, Um, but I I think just Dave Montgomery is going to get the the lion's share of the work, so I'd have to say Montgomery.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. ESPN PPR projections have them even at about 160 fantasy points total right now. Uh, I, I will note that on Montgomery, you know, a lot of people hate on Jordan Howard, but Jordan Howard put up... 160 fantasy points for the Bears in 2018. So if you think they're going to they're going to have the same split that offensive coordinator head coach Nagy, Mike Nagy is going to split the carries down the middle like he did last year with Cohen and Montgomery instead of Cohen and Howard, then I mean it's almost a like for like replacement yeah. as to what Montgomery's going to do.
0: That's a really good point. I think the only thing where Montgomery kind of edges him out is that goal line work and getting and the touchdowns. So I think uh, what did Cohen Cohen had like seven touchdowns last year, I think. And I think that's I yeah. I don't know if you can expect that to happen again, unless, unless he is seeing um, as many uh, targets and um, opportunities
1: as he did last year. Yeah. And Jordan Howard had nine touchdowns for the bears last year, Right. which is interesting because he's on the Eagles now where, the other rookie running back miles sanders is so what do you think about him miles
0: yeah uh, what a great segue miles and um, miles. miles great name um i think miles sanders probably has the highest ceiling out of the three running backs just because i believe he he's the most explosive he's the guy that can um he can score from anywhere on the field he's a he's a good change of pace back as well and he's got really good bounds. my issue is a little bit of his vision um, you could see it on film. There's there's just some problems where um, he might miss a hole here and there, but he's a home run threat waiting to happen, a little bit more than like even like a Josh Jacobs and a David Montgomery are. So, and he's also going probably to the best of the three offenses. I like the Chicago Bears offense; it's innovative, but I don't think it's as, quite as talented as what the Eagles have. Um, his mm. biggest problem is the amount of running backs the Eagles have. <laughs> I mean, like you said, they traded for Jordan Howard. Um, it's crazy. They have uh, they brought Darren Sproles back. They have uh, Corey Clement, uh, who's the guy from last year, the Notre Dame kid that I'm thinking of. That is blank. Josh, Josh Adams. Josh Adams. Um, they have a plethora of running. I mean, there's no way all those guys make the team, but um, it just that's where I think people are worried right now in redraft and rookie drafts. Is is he going to be the main guy or not? Be- because it really feels like they're really going to rotate. Even though they spent a high pick on him, it feels like they're going to still allow Jordan Howard p- to be part of the feature, kind of like a LeGarrette Blount was a few years back, um, be that goal line work. Um, so what's what's Miles Sanders' role? And I think that's the biggest concern I have uh, for yeah. uh, Miles Sanders this year
1: especially. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not touching the Eagles' batfield, man. I mean, they, so, they got this kid Boston Scott from last year.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Donald,
1: Donald Pumphrey too. Yeah, they got yeah, everybody. So that, man, that, that's eight running backs. That's crazy. Maybe we can trade him Treadwell.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can trade Treadwell for anybody. Well, so moving forward, we wanted to just talk a little bit more about about this rookie class and um, who who we who who are some guys that we believe could have an instant impact, so that you we can help you out in in, in redraft leagues, not just rookie dynasty leagues so for me we already talked about david montgomery as a running back he's the guy that i believe is going to have an instant impact but debo mm-hmm. samuel for the san francisco 49ers i'm really i've been really impressed by him uh his ability to win routes he's physical um really good after the catch he's a guy that they drafted really high i think they drafted him at like the 36th pick uh the 49ers did um yeah. so i believe he's going to be a guy that comes in and has an instant impact. I like Dante Pettis as well, but um, I believe Debo Samuel might have that opportunity to be a little bit of the do-it-all receiver to pair with Dante Pettis. So I'm excited to see what he does. So I, he's a guy that I would target in as like a as like a um, possible flex. I, obviously, I'm waiting to see what, what he does in that offense, but he's a guy that I would look to consider as a bench option who hopefully down the road a little bit could, could turn into a flex option uh, this season. And lastly, for me, Paris Campbell um, with yeah. the um, Indianapolis Colts. He's been banged up this offseason so far and during training camp. So we haven't really get to, got, gotten to see a lot of him. But he's one of those guys. Once he gets on the field in that offense and hopefully, you know, with a healthy Andrew Luck, he can really be that do it all guy. Uh, he's a jet sweeps. He's a, to me, he's like a better version of like Cordero Patterson. Um, he can run the jet sweeps. He can – you move him around all over the formation. Um, he's starting to get better at downfield uh, route running. And then obviously the short um, the short and quick screens are something that I believe he provides a lot of value to. So like in a PPR league, he's the kind of guy that might only have three or four receptions, um, but he might turn those receptions into 70, 80 yards, 100 yards rather than the – eight to nine receptions for a hundred yards, he might do the three to four or five for 80 to a hundred. So I really like that, that um, high impact opportunity. So that means he can, um, he, and he can score from anywhere in the field too. So he's one of those guys that I believe in a really good offense uh, could have an instant impact. How about you? Who some guys that you really like?
1: Man, be- before we get to my guys, I just really want to comment on Samuel and-, and Campbell because those are two players that should probably be on everybody's radar. Hopefully, they're not. So you can get them at a discount, get a Definitely. steal late in the draft. But when you talk about building a fantasy team, personally, I'm not trying to find these mid tier receivers who can, you know, spell in one week. And I'm just questioning whether they should be starter sit every week. I'm looking for the big hitters, the guys who are going to be a complete hit or a complete miss out of the gate. And I think Debo Samuel and Paris Campbell fit that bill um, immensely. They were both drafted high to teams that needed wide receivers. They both are showing talent throughout their college careers um, in the combine and in the preseason. They're looking the part. And they've just got not that. I mean, Paris Campbell has Devin Funchess and Chester Rogers ahead of them. Um, if he's any type of player, he's going to move up that depth chart quickly in a good offensive scheme with a good quarterback. And the exact same thing can be said about Debo Samuel. I haven't heard much about, uh, uh Marquise Goodwin in San Francisco right now. Jordan Matthews has kind of been all over the league. So if Debo hits, he's going to hit hard and he's going to be a guy you want in your, on your roster. Even if you're loaded that, at the position, you can trade these guys later on. So I, I I think Debo and Paris are the way to go.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm really glad you agree because I think uh, I think both guys could be uh, could be good values. Um, so what about some some guys that you like to have instant impacts this year?
1: Yeah, instant impact. Uh, I think one receiver we're not talking about enough. That's in the same vein is Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown. I know he's not having the best preseason. He's had a really slow comeback from foot surgery, I believe it is, this offseason. So things have been quiet on him. But again, I just look at that Ravens depth chart. I'm like, who are these guys? Like Willie <laughs> Willie Sneed and, and Seth Roberts, you're going to tell me that this guy can't move past them. Sure, Baltimore is going to be running the ball a lot. Sure, they're going to be passing tight ends all the time. They're going to need one receiver and Marquise Brown is the guy I'm going to hedge my bets on. I'm not trying to roster Willie Sneed. Somebody somebody in your <laughs> league is going to draft Willie Sneed and try to start him a couple weeks, and you need to just call that guy out and laugh at that guy. Like, come on. I no. in my
0: 15-team league, so I
1: <laughs> I can he, already attest that I laughed at him for it. I mean, like, that's exactly what you don't want. Can you imagine just, like, it's week five, and you're, like, trying to de- – trying to figure out whether you're going to start or sit Willie Sneed or like well, Devin no, Funches. Who, who wants to who wants Devin Funches on their fantasy team nobody wants that guy
0: <laughs> that's the thing I mean I'm really I'm really the type I try to find as much as I can obviously the, they're the safe players that you know are going to get you the six seven eight catches and they're gonna get you the fifty to sixty to seventy yards and a potential touchdown. Kind of like a tight end in that sense. They're they're you know, those guys that you know every week you're gonna just score you solid points. But for me, I'm really looking for that high upside guy, the guy that has the opportunity to win you weeks because they're gonna go for an eighty yard touchdown. Like a Marquise Brown. He's literally the, the best playmaking uh, wide receiver in the draft class. And he's going to an offense that doesn't have a lot of skill at wide receiver in an offense that's probably going to use him in like a gadget way, kind of like a Tyree kill, where you move him all over the formation, you get him into a single matchup against safeties or linebackers where he can win downfield. Nobody's going to catch this guy in the open field. So if you can get him the ball quickly, or if you can find a way to get him into into a formation where he's got um, a safety creep down or something and he can go over the top, there's going to be some of those opportunities where he can really uh, break out. Uh, give you some really big games, and but there might be some of those. It's really one of those b- boomer bust situations. But for me, I'm willing to take that opportunity and that risk because I know that when he hits, it's really it's going to win you weeks.
1: Agreed. Agreed. That's a very good way to a very calculated way to take the emotion out of it. Like, I, I, I can't even do that. There's emotion in everything I do, man. So I'm, I'm glad <laughs> yeah, we definitely. agree with or without emotion.
0: Well, I mean, talking about emotions, I mean, and we're talking rookies, let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings a little bit. I mean, our hometown team, our, you know, the team that we follow the, the closest, um, they have a few rookies that might be able to have an impact in fantasy this year. Um, I believe there might not be as much of a, a true redraft opportunity for some of these guys, but I believe uh, Dynasty especially, there's, there's an opportunity, I think, for uh, – I'll just talk about him. Alexander Madison, the running back, the Vikings drafted in the third round. Uh, older BC Johnson is a wide receiver that they got in the seventh round who's shown really well in uh, spring and so far in training camp that looks like he might make the roster. There might be an opportunity for him to uh, see some snaps on offense uh, this season. And then um, obviously the second round pick, tight end Irv Smith. He's the guy to me that I'm really I'm really targeting in drafts in rookie rookie drafts especially because He's the kind of guy that I think fits what the Vikings have been have been needing at at tight end for uh quite a while.
1: Yeah, that tight end position is just so shallow. So any any opportunity you get to to get a guy, a dynasty league, a guy who's gonna produce value over time, definitely something you should reach out and, and try to get on your team.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so what else do you think? What do you think about these guys on the Vikings? for their their value whether it's redraft rookie uh, dynasty rookie drafts or or any format you might be playing in is there any kind of standalone value for these guys this season
1: so bc johnson i definitely think dynasty wise there's some value there he's going to be better than things you're going to be picking up off the waiver wire and a deep dynasty league and just with how sho- shallow the wide receiver core is in minnesota uh, you you definitely should be paying attention to some of those depth guys. Uh, I think we just need to talk about the Vikings' fantasy profile in general. Uh, I think we need to be very cautious with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. They are both coming off a 1,000-yard seasons where they absolutely crushed it, but they were under an offensive coordinator who was throwing the ball 40 to 50 times a game. You had Dalvin Cook getting like nine touches a game for some of the games down the stretch, there's no way that volume is going to be there for wide receivers. It's going to go more to tight ends, which is what makes Irv Smith so interesting. And it's going to go to the running backs. And with Dalvin Cook's injury history, that really speaks up to what Alex Madison has an opportunity to do if he's good, if he doesn't get overtaken by Mike Boone. So anytime you can have a handcuff like Madison, for a team that's going to run the ball more behind an injury prone running back. I mean, just the numbers add up. It makes sense to keep an eye on Madison, even if you don't like his skill set.
0: Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I think it really sounds like And everything we've heard out of Minnesota and the beat reporters and, uh, some of the news is with regarding Madison is they really view him as that Latavius Murray, um, light that guy that they believe can come in and, um, you know, help spell some of the uh, the work that Dalvin Cook's going to get, um, maybe get some goal line work, some sh- short yard and stuff, and be good in pass protection. So there might be some actual standalone value for him this season because he he's an automatic handcuff to me um, right now. But if Dalvin Cook goes, hurt, gets hurt, him and then obviously Mike Boone, who's technically not a rookie, those guys, their value s- skyrockets because – the Vikings are going to continue to want to run the ball. Um, I yes, view the Madison, the the Madison Mike Boone situation. If Dalvin Cook, obviously, we're not hoping for this, but if Dalvin Cook were to go down for um, a game or two or you know a stage of uh, of time, I look at it as like a a poor a poorer version of the 2017 um, Jarek McKinnon and uh, Latavius Murray backfield, um, but similar skill sets with both guys. With Madison being like Murray. And Boone being like Jarek McKinnon, um, so that's kind of something you'd see replicated in Minnesota if Dalvin Cook were to miss some time this season. So definitely some guys to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, as we get to it, um, before we get into our last segment, our um, our last segment, we're going to talk news and notes kind of around the league. Flip, I just wanted to ask you, um, lastly about some rookies. Give me a couple. Of ro- um, I know we've talked quite a bit about them now, but um, give me one or two rookies right now that you're pounding the table for, that no matter what what round, what position, there's a guy that you want to have on your team, whether it's Keeper Leagues, Dynasty, whatever the
1: format is. Uh, Give me a couple names. You know, I really only have one left, and it's with the Detroit Lions and TJ Hawkinson. And I feel like I'm talking about the Lions way too much for fantasy because there's no way all these guys are going to (laughs) pan out. Uh, But with Hawkinson... Number one, there's no tight ends out there. Everybody's going to be desperate for tight ends if you don't get one of the top three. So he's definitely going to be a guy that you should target. And he's in an offense where, you know, you look at Daryl Bevel, not the best offensive coordinator, but this is a guy who got, you know, good production out of an injured, limited Jimmy Graham in Seattle. This is a guy who got, 600-yard seasons out of the Sansei Shanko during his time in Minnesota. So if Hawkinson has any talent, the talent that should come with a top-eight draft pick, then hopefully Daryl Bevel can get him involved in that offense, and he'll be a mid-tier tight end going forward.
0: Yeah, I think Hawkinson's one of those guys that he's kind of being, at this point, underappreciated and undervalued because of the tight end position really is so scarce. Um, but I, I believe he could be a guy that could um, that could really be one of those tight end ones down the road. So I really like that pick. For me, I'll be really brief here. Um, I'll give I'll give you kind of a sleeper, Hunter Renfro. We've talked about the Raiders. Isn't it crazy that the Raiders and the Lions are being talked about for fantasy? I'm obviously not taking Hunter Renfro high in any draft. I'm not you know whatever it is, but he really has that fits that mold of like that. Uh, I'm gonna get stereotypical here, but like the the Julian Edelman, the Danny Amendola, um, that style of uh, slot receiver—you can the lunch pail, the lunch pail guys, you know the hardworking um, gym rats, you know the, those stereotypes you want to go down. Um, but that is Hunter Renfro. I mean, he's the, the epitome of that guy. But he's already earned the opportunity to be the start, uh, the sl- starting slot receiver in Oakland. Um, they really like him. He's a he's a very reliable possession receiver that I believe in PPR formats he might be able to see six, seven, eight, um, oper- uh, targets a game. And, and knowing that it's going to be probably shorter, short to intermediate routes, it's not going to be a lot. It's not going to give you a lot of yardage, but the, um, the receptions are really what, um,
1: is really what's going to um, be yes. key for him. How do you feel about Antonio Brown being back, back in practice?
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's a perfect segue to our, uh, our final segment here. Uh, we're going to talk news and notes around the league and, um, Antonio Brown's feet and helmet situation. Uh, um, it sounds like he was finally back at practice today with the, a new regulated helmet or, you know, the approved um, NFL helmet. Uh, didn't get to see what that looked like, but it was a shut. So good for shut getting their name out there and uh, getting some free pub. But um, Antonio Brown being back is, a, I mean, it's a good thing. I, I don't think that's a bad thing for any offensive player in Oakland. Uh, because he's going to help take away, um, sing. He's gonna. He's gonna. Because Antonio Brown's going to command so much attention. Um, it's going to really help open up other things for other guys. So like a, a Hunter Renfro, a Tyrell Williams, even a Josh Jacobs. So I I believe that situation if it's resolved finally um, with his feet. I mean, obviously, if he's back to practicing, his feet should be good to go. Uh, it sounds like he should be fine by week one. I I mean. I know people are a little scared off of Antonio Brown, but he's the kind of guy for me that he brings up. He brings so much upside. I I'd have a, I don't care that he's with Derek Carr at this point. I'd have a really hard time uh, not wanting to make him a uh, not take him really high in fantasy drafts.
1: I I love him. I love all this controversy. I hope he scares everybody away so I can nab him. I saw some dudes rating Antonio Brown, with, Below Mike Evans, like what is happening? <laughs> this guy is unstoppable when he's at the top of his game. uh Arguably the number one wide receiver in fantasy, and if the volume's there for him, then oh sure, sure, give me, give me yeah. those feet, give me that helmet. Let's go.
0: <laughs> I'm with you. And he had they say he had a down year last year, and he had 15 touchdowns. So I, on, I, don't, I don't he's know unbelievable. Yeah, man. I can only imagine what that down year looks like now uh in oakland um let's get to our last topic here uh talking about uh reinstatement guys back back in the nfl josh gordon's back um yeah. i know we said this probably what three or four times now in his career uh i don't know this guy's still i think he's still sitting on his current rookie contract after he was <laughs> uh, um like and he's been in the league technically since what 2012 or 2013 it's crazy um Great. But he's back with New England now. Um, sounds like he's gonna be. Uh, we don't know if he's gonna be suspended, but it sounds like he's gonna be. He should be able to be good to go for this season. How do you? How does that affect your um, thoughts in fantasy? What does that change your perception of the New England offense? Um, how you draft certain players in that offense, or where you'd possibly take a Josh Gordon?
1: I mean, I hate to be blunt, but but no, like I'm not touching Josh Gordon. Uh, I get my question is what is Josh Gordon's ceiling? What do you think his ceiling is?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think if he plays all 16 games, he has wide receiver two potential to me. Really? Uh, because, because of the wide receivers in new England right now, they're really, and losing Gronkowski. There really aren't too many pass catches in that offense. That's are better, better, or ha- give you the upside that a Josh Gordon can. Um, I'm not like, to your point, I'm not going to go into a season trying to rely on a Josh Gordon. He, I'd mm-hmm. make him maybe like one of my last picks of a of a draft, or in an auction league, um, I'd make I'd go really cheap. Um, but I'm not spending high high draft capital to get him because i To me, it's not worth it. I because yeah. I, I don't want to have to try to rely on him and then all of a sudden he's out of the league and uh, after week four. So um, he's definitely one of those boomer bust players like. The epitome of the definition of that, uh, but he's a guy that I take the chance on. It just have to be at a lower rate.
1: Yeah, I mean he had forty one catches last year, but I mean I guess that was only nine full games. So right. I, I don't know, man.
0: Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, but he's got Julian Edelman too. So um, yeah, like I said, I think he's got high upside. I just, I'd make, I'd make him a bench player best for me in
1: a, in any draft format. He's like a he's like a really good Devin Bunches. <laughs> I don't know who to, who you're insulting me the
0: worst, like worse, but uh, that's funny. Um, well, that about that does it for us. Just, um, for our, our second official climb in the pocket uh, fantasy podcast. Uh, Flip, thanks thanks again. I always appreciate you being on, and um, your insight and knowledge is is always helpful. And um, really excited to to keep moving forward.
1: I will hope to be back next week. Thank you, Miles. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody next week, in a couple weeks, whenever we get to record again, hopefully sooner rather than later. Until then, enjoy Hard Knocks.